0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rig Report. This is episode 11. I just want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who has been listening to the show. This was a concept that I came up with right after the games last year. It took us about six months to implement. Uh, we are now on our 11th episode, and we couldn't be more stoked. I do want to share with you that my mission for this was to give athletes and coaches a safe place to come tell their story and for us to get it out there so that that people could hear what was going on with these athletes. I think they are the most underappreciated um, people in this space and need to have a platform for them to share their story. What happened last weekend was miraculous. Uh, we had Logan Ewing on last Saturday, went live on YouTube. Uh, he had not heard back from CrossFit after four attempts was not going to the semifinals, even though he did the work that should have got him there. Three hours after our show, Logan got his invite to the Atlas games. I could not be more thrilled. That is the proof of concept that I wanted for this show. I want to have a place for people like Logan to come talk to us and be able to tell their story safely and get something to happen. So thank you, Logan, for doing that. Thank you for proving our concept and thank you for listening to this show. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit that like button, smash that subscribe button because we're only going to get better going from here and hit the notifier. So you're the first to know when new content is available. This week on the rig report, it is a mother's day edition. Um, I want to say happy mother's day to all the mothers out there. Um, It's coming this Sunday. We're so stoked that you're listening to us. I know my mom listens to every episode, and I have a special treat for you at the end of this episode. But first, we're going to talk to Alex Gazan, uh, who had some trouble growing up and with her parents and really had to fight through some things. And she shares that with us and how she found CrossFit and how a community stood behind her and supported her through a lot of the difficult times in her life and got her to where she is now the 12th ranked CrossFitter in North America, going into the semifinals here is Alex Kazan. So we are here with Alex and it's now Willis, correct?
1: It's Gazan. So it was ah, Willis.
0: It was Willis. Now um. it's Kazan. So you were Willis growing up. Now mm-hmm. you're Gazan mm-hmm. because you're married. I am. Yeah, you are. And you are 20 years old
1: hmm I got married at 18.
0: And I read that that's because you're an old soul.
1: Yes, I'd say so.
0: So what makes you an old soul?
1: Um, I kind of just had to grow up really fast. Um, I kind of grew up with a lot of uh, hardships with my parents, and you just kind of had to rise to the occasion. And, yeah, that's the simple answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I read in an article that your parents um, – Struggled with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And um so what difficulties did that make for you as a child growing up?
1: Um, I'll like preface this by saying like I was lucky that they always like cared about me and loved me so much. So like the love of them was like always there. They just um they struggled a lot with substance abuse and that led to things like DUIs, uh, jail time, um other criminal charges, things that, like, had long-term consequences. Like, I had to live with my aunt and uncle for a time period. Um, Financially, there was, like, no money. So, like, I had to work if I wanted to participate in sports or um, if I wanted to, like, buy anything. Um, So it was more just, like, a lot of, like, them not being there or, like, whether that was physically not being there or, like, mentally. Um, I just kind of had to take care of myself a lot. And um because they did love me like it just really hurt to like see them and like not under at the time i didn't understand like that it wasn't personal like when you're young it feels personal like oh if you loved me you would stop if you loved me like you wouldn't hurt me um but looking back like now they're like mostly sober <laughs> um and looking back like i can at least say like i always knew they cared it just brought other challenges Mm -hmm. that made things hard sometimes just the inability to be able to take care for you yeah and like i have a young brother he's five five now but my mom had him when i was 15 and uh right after he was born she kind of started she relapsed and went through a lot of like issues and that was really hard because when he was born like my whole goal was just to keep him from that and not being able to do that was really hard.
0: I want to talk about how you got into CrossFit. What was the, what was the mental shift from that freshman year of, I just want to be skinny to, wow, I like this.
1: And my health teacher, not the teacher of that class, but my health teacher, I was really close with her. um, And she kind of knew like me as an athlete and, i asked if I'd done a CrossFit, and at the time, like, the only thing I knew about it was my dad called them gym monkeys because he was a bodybuilder. And he was like, yeah, yeah like, yeah. don't, don't do that. And then I knew it was expensive just because, like, the class format and, um, yeah, a little more on, like, the expensive part of the gym kind of thing. And so I told her no and that, like, I wasn't super interested, but um she was like, I think you should try it. And she asked, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Reagan Huckabee. Mm, yeah so she's from my hometown and she asked if i knew her and at the time i didn't um and so she like showed me her picture and like showed me her instagram i was like oh my gosh like this chick is cool like i want to be like her um but granted like it was still expensive and at that time i was like paying for everything i was doing lacrosse like it just didn't really quite seem in the cards and I showed up to class like the following week and she handed me a piece of paper. And she's like, this is Reagan's number. She's expecting a call from you at five. Like, we want you to call her and we want you to do CrossFit. And I was like, okay. Uh, And so I called Reagan and she was super sweet. She kind of just talked to me about uh, CrossFit and like how their gym worked. Because her and Karen and another lady, Christine, were all opening their own gym. And in my head the whole time, she was talking about like one-on-ones and like, the reservations for classes it just it sounded really expensive too so i was kind of like this is cool but like in my head like not getting my hopes up kind of thing and before i could even ask about price she was like and before you say anything like we just want you to come work out and she's that was like right around a time where my parents were going through um like my mom had just gotten another dui and things were just like really bad um so she was like before you can say anything like we just want you to come work out and Yeah. So I showed up and like the rest was kind of history.
0: Thank you so much, Alex. And you can see the full interview with Alex Gazan on the Cladsdale Fitness and Friends podcast this Monday. Now we're going to move to Cheryl Nassau, who's going to talk about breaking that CrossFit plateau. Uh, She is our nutrition expert. She is the host of Fit Body Secrets. And check her out as she talks about breaking The CrossFit plateau.
2: What is up, guys? Coach Cheryl here from Fit Body Secrets, and I'm here to bring you guys a little tip. uh, And this is mostly for primarily those of you guys that have been in the CrossFit world uh, for a long time, or maybe you're just starting your CrossFit journey. And you are kind of either in a plateau, or you're, or you're starting your journey, and you're like, "Where do I want to go? How do I approach this?" Because it can be really overwhelming when you first start with things, and then when you've been doing it for a long time. You get a little complacent and you don't really know how to take that next step. And so with CrossFit, I find that one of the biggest mistakes I see in CrossFit classes, those of you guys that are like what I like to call, quote unquote, gen pop, and you go to the gym and you you like working out with your friends, you have a good workout, you leave and you go about your day, is that there are essentially three different types of CrossFitters that you're going to find in the gym. So if you are listening to this and you're brand new to CrossFit, hopefully this will resonate with you so that as you're starting your CrossFit journey, you can map it out a little bit differently and not become the one that doesn't continue to see progress. Because I've been doing CrossFit for 12 years now, I think almost 13, and I'm actually still making progress. There are some things that kind of have leveled out. I probably won't have much gains in them, but I can actually still make gains in little areas if I actually focus my effort on those. So first of all, there are three types of CrossFitters that I want to talk about, and they all start with the letter C. Number one, you've got the complacent CrossFitter. And this is the person that's been in the CrossFit class for the last 7 years, 5 years, 3 years, 1 year. They're using the exact same colored band on their pull-ups. They always pick the exact same weight on every single movement. They always scale the runs the exact same way, um or maybe they don't run because they avoid it. Whatever it is, they are that complacent crossfitter. They go to the gym. Now, it's not wrong to be a complacent crossfitter. It likely means you're happy with where you're at, you are not looking to make any positive changes in your life. You've kind of gotten into a routine where you're happy with how you look and feel. You go to the gym because it makes you feel good. And that is an okay place to be. However, if you are in that place and you don't think it is possible to make changes, I'm hopefully going to give you some tips that are going to actually help you overcome that feeling of like, this is as good as it gets. Because it's not that way. There are some things you guys can be doing, even following a group program that can help you overcome that complacency, that little bit of a plateau in your life, no matter what age group you're in, no matter how long you've been doing CrossFit for. The second CrossFitter you have is the competitive CrossFitter. And a lot of people that when you're first starting CrossFit, it can be super exciting to get in and just like want to go hard and like always whether you're worried about being the last one done and you're kind of like, eh, I'm going to just do half the workout today because I don't want to be the last one done. Um, Or you are always in the gym, like doing more, 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 more. And there is a good place for competition in CrossFit. I think it's what makes people push themselves a little bit harder. Um, But I also think that sometimes it's important to realize that sometimes you need to just be okay with, competing with ourselves and giving our best effort based on where we're at today versus focusing so much on the bigger level of competition. And you can compete without having to be competitive in the top level of the sport. You can actually be competitive, like I said, in just your gym class, but it comes down to honestly what I'm going to talk about in a little, in a little bit, which is breaking down some of the foundational movements. If you're newer to CrossFit, making sure that you're really getting the hang of those things. And then the last one, which is what I think that most people need to become whether you're competitive or not, whether you're looking to achieve better health and fitness, or you actually are wanting to go competitive with things is you need to be consistent. And, and this is where the complacent CrossFitter is likely very good at consistently showing up to the gym every single day. They're there all the time. They're probably Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, whatever it is, they are always in the gym class. They hate missing their day. They've got that consistent habit of gym routine built in. Now, Here's, here's where we can kind of make some changes into things. And I kind of wrote some notes down because I think that it's really important for you guys to understand that I usually give mostly nutrition tips. And I'm going to start by saying that when you first start CrossFit, and even if you are reading or reviewing this and you're kind of like, you've been plateaued for a while, think of this like baseline foundation is at the bottom of the hierarchy of, of CrossFit. And I think I mentioned this in my last rig report was, um, was that, or my last tip for the rigor report guys is that, um, the bottom is nutrition and it's nutrition and lifestyle for me. I think that most people think that it's just, I think nutrition and like your habits in your day matter. First and foremost, getting those things checked off. Like you have a gym routine, you have healthy habits with your food. You have good sleep routine. All of those things matter, but nutrition is the foundation. And if you've never taken the time to learn how to eat And I'm not talking about challenges. I'm not talking about cutting things out. I'm talking about actually how to fuel your body for maintenance and then knowing what you might want to adjust from maintenance for whatever your body needs to be its best, whether it is you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to gain weight. Nutrition is the foundation of that. And it's more than just following a diet plan, clean eating, all that. So there's a lot more to it than that. So that should be the bottom. So if you are just starting CrossFit or you are doing it for a long time and you're kind of Complacent. I would start by just working on your nutrition a little bit, getting things dialed in, maybe looking at nutrition a little bit differently outside of the diet lens of weight loss and weight gain and into the felt into the diet lens of how do I look and feel my best? So that's number one. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today, as I'm talking about nutrition and and what you guys can be doing to make some further progress is tracking. So tracking food is a great tool for you guys to assess how the amount of food you're eating and the types of food you're eating are affecting how you look, feel, and perform along with tracking food is tracking your workouts. And this isn't just like, Oh, I did great on this workout. or I didn't do great in this workout, but like keeping track of your weights, learning how to pace yourself in workouts. Whenever you see workouts come up with running, are you always the last one done in class? Because that data can be super important for you to make, make gains whether you're new in CrossFit or you've been doing it for a long time. Now, the good thing about it being a newbie in CrossFit is you don't have any bad habits or likely any, um, any kind of biases unless you have a previous uh, uh, background, but you can actually start to bias just general fitness at that point. If you've been doing it for a while, you know where you kind of bias, you know where you like to fall, you, you know where you like to gravitate towards and where you tend to avoid things. So when you're tracking that data, now that data can give you an idea of where you can actually be periodically building in time in your crossfit um your crossfit your crossfit life in your crossfit uh gym routine to be able to actually work on bringing up those weaknesses and this is where you can actually start to make a lot more gains in your fitness in your body composition in your health uh without feeling just like you're just going to the gym and and checking the boxes off and it might be like you know what I'm going to do six weeks of like, I'm going to focus on my endurance. And, and maybe you start like a one mile running program or whatever that might look like. Maybe you are always running whenever the workouts call for rowing. Maybe you are adding in a run, you know, every, every other day, maybe you're doing that. You're focusing a little bit of effort on something else. Maybe you realize that you really have a hard time with Olympic lifting. So maybe you're showing up every day that there is a snatch or a clean and jerk built in. Maybe you are actually, asking your coach for like, Hey, can you just give me like a quick, like 10 minute, you know, snatch progression that I can just work on after the class is over with. Maybe you're always substituting a specific movement with that movement to get better at it, more proficient at it. You're always working on those things. So periodically having those goals built in can now give you a focus point and, and give you something to focus on so that you're not just going in and checking the boxes every single day. And then like, you don't have to do it for a long period of time, but maybe you're shifting. So maybe you're doing like, six weeks, I'm going to work on my endurance. I'm going to work on building up my running endurance. Then maybe you're like, all right, I'm going to spend six weeks working on like my gymnastics. And then maybe after that, you're like, okay, maybe I should probably work on my strength. And then you can kind of cycle in that way a little bit. And usually what this does is it doesn't require you actually add actually added time in the gym. What it just requires is a little bit more intent. And that is the last thing that I want to talk about today is that I think the main reason why people stop seeing progress in CrossFit, um, is one of two reasons injury or intent is injuries happen. And they're not addressing things like mobility, actually working on some activation skills. They're just kind of always in and out and they aren't spending the time that they need to, to actually make sure that they're keeping their body healthy, but also intent that they are just going into the gym without putting in that little extra oomph of intensity that they might need to get themselves to the next level. So in order for you to have an adaptation in the positive, meaning you guys want to build muscle, get fitter, you have to have a stressor. So here's my tip to you today is to add a little bit more stress on your life in terms of your fitness goals. So it is, if it is starting with like dialing in the nutrition, that can be a little bit of a stressor in the beginning, trying to figure things out. If it is starting to track things and assess things, and maybe you're adding a little bit more effort and intensity on your running or your conditioning, that is going to add a little bit of a stressor, but guess what? That's where positive adaptations happen to create a fitter, healthier version of yourself. So hopefully this tip was helpful for you wherever you're at in your fitness journey. Don't forget tracking your data is important. And I hope you guys have an amazing week.
0: Thank you so much, Cheryl. Great information as always, and make sure to check out more from Cheryl Nasso on fit body secrets right here on the Clydesdale media network or wherever you listen to podcasts. Next up, we have fantasy fitnessing. They are awesome. Catherine and Dave are always here to give us all the latest stats and good predictions about what they think is going to happen in the upcoming semifinals. This week, they take a sneak peek, look at Weeks 2 and 3.
3: Hi everyone, Catherine and Dave here from Fantasy Fitnessing. We're just going to go through a quick sort of things we're watching for the next, for Week 2 and Week 3 of the CrossFit Semifinals. Just some quick hits to get you interested in the semifinals, and there will be more details of all these semis in our preview shows. So, quick hits, starting off on the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge.
4: Alright, so uh, over at the MAC, um, number number one thing I'm looking for, watching Chandler Smith on the floor. So he is, you know, come out and say this is his best CrossFit season so far, so kind of looking forward to seeing him go side-by-side with Pukowski and Sam Quant, who is also having a big comeback year, so um, interesting to see those three guys compete at top. On the women's side, uh, Brooke Wells will be making her return to the competition floor, so... She's showed up pretty good for both um, the open and quarterfinals. So interesting to see how she does at the um, semifinal field. And then on the women's side as well, doesn't have the the top end depth that some of the other fields do. So I think this is really going to create some space for um, some of the younger athletes to come in. So kind of like a, a Kyra Milligan Cindy Michaelson, who was at the games last year, Emma Gardner, who's um, been training out at cf for years. So interesting to see if one of them can make a move up. Uh, into yeah, the those are all good spot. things to look
3: forward to. The biggest one is Brooke Wells. She was having such a great games and then that elbow injury. I really hope she can come back and really happy with how she's been doing, but super excited to see her on the competition floor. And then next for the week two semifinals is the fittest in Cape Town.
4: Yeah, so I think the storyline here uh, is seeing if anybody is able to dethrone the champs. So you got Jason Smith, uh, who's kind of the perennial favorite out of the group uh, at the games last year. He had uh, an interesting training regime between quarterfinals and semifinals by completing competing in a boxing match. So be interesting to see um, if any of the other guys in the field can unseed him. Looking for, I guess, um, Ruin Duvenage, Kalen Henry. They were both two three last year, both in quarterfinals and two three this year. Ruin Duvenage seems to be kind of more of the the steady as she goes, with um, just kind of consistent finishes right up there. Where Kalen Henry is, you know, either hitting an, a home run or uh, striking out. In quarterfinals this year, he had three event wins out of the, the five events. So uh, it'll be interesting to see those guys. Someone else to look for, uh, kind of a bit younger of the group, is fourth place finisher in quarterfinals, Richard Woldboat, um, training out of CrossFit Invictus Black Bay. Um, so he was up there and a bit younger guy in the field. On the women's side, um, Michelle Bassinet made it to the games last year. She actually finished second in quarterfinals this year, albeit it sounded like she had some food poisoning issues at the time. Um, so there are kind of a a group of women there, uh, Michelle Morand, uh, Lee Cruz, J- Gemma Rader, Dina Swift, and Christina Leva de Cactus, um, they're all really bunched in there in quarterfinals. So I think this one could actually be a, a tougher competition to make it out of than um, it might seem on the Yeah, surface. it's
3: kind of fun to see because there is only one spot, and with sport you want to see people competing for that spot. And I remember watching Rune Duvenage and Keelan Henry last year at the fitness in Cape town and they were fun to watch. So I'm really looking forward to that men's field again. And yeah, having a bunch of women sort of clumped up at the top part of the quarterfinal leaderboard is also going to make for an exciting show. All right. That is week two, week three, we have the far East throwdown.
4: Yeah. So for the far East throwdown, I think the biggest storyline here is who's going to be there competing. Um, I think you know Snorri Barron, manager for a lot of the athletes, has you know posted a few really good posts on Instagram, just kind of highlighting the challenges that some of the athletes go. It sounds like at this point Roman Krynychov will be going uh, to South Korea. Uh, his kind of return to the US is kind of up in the air, just based off his visa issues. So we'll see him there. Uh, and Alexander Illin, who also qualified for the games last year on the men's side, but it, it sounds like a good chunk of the top five or six men will not be able to compete in person, which um, is a bit too bad there. And then um, seeing some of the other contenders on the women's side, um, you know, Choi will be returning, who made it to the Games last year, but um, the other Games athletes from Russia won't be competing this year. So uh, there is a, a, at least one spot for a Games rookie to make that's it. That's always fun, getting side. to
3: know some new names out of these areas will just be better to bring up the sport, have more people from different boxes getting to the games. We'll only do good things. And on to Granite Games.
4: So Granite Games, I think kind of the big news so far in the semifinals has been Mal O'Brien being moved to this event. And I think for me, I'm really looking forward to see her matching up against Barnhart throughout the weekend. So Looking at last season at the game, so Mal O'Brien was seventh, Barnhart was ninth, only 27 points between them. And then at Rogue, O'Brien was eighth, Barnhart was 10th, with just 15 points between them. So they paired up very similarly last year in kind of the two main competitions they were at. So it'll be interesting to see whether if Mal O'Brien training under uh, Matt Frazier has a huge jump here or if they are going to be battling back and forth. I think this would be a real a real test to see, you know, if Mel O'Brien has been able to make that big jump uh, from a competitiveness that everybody's expecting or, um, you know, if Barnhart is able to, again, her level of competitiveness has grown over the offseason. So seeing those go head-to-head will really you know shape where you know both of them finish it yeah you know, that's madison. a fun
3: head to head to watch that's the one sort of nice thing about the semifinals is we have the big names in smaller fields so it's easier to actually see how they're doing against each other when they're in the, that 8th to 10th range like you're on the outside lanes of the first heat in madison whereas right now these two are probably going to be in the center lanes most of the weekend awesome So that is our little quick hits for week two and week three of the semifinals. We will do full preview shows for all of these semis. So make sure you have liked and subscribed and follow us on Instagram to make sure that you know when everything drops. That's it for us today. Have a good one.
0: Thank you, Catherine and Dave. That was awesome. If you want to see more from katherine and dave make sure you check them out on their instagram at fantasy fitnessing and right here on the clydesdale media podcast network finally we have a special treat for you wanted to say a special thank you to our moms so first up is tom lennon who interviewed his mom
5: all right guys welcome to a very special edition of the rig report I'm your host, Thomas Lennon, and my guest is my mom, Mary Lennon. How's it going today?
2: Very
6: good. Thank you.
5: <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show because, um, you know, it's, we're having doing a mother's day special. So I kind of wanted to, you know, talk to, to let the people know, like know who you are and you know, how you handled four kids at one time and, you know, managing a kid with managing an adult with diabetes too, as well
6: well having four children was nuts so tough you know it was pretty good you guys were great kids to have you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're always a lot of fun and even with the trials and tribulations i still look back and and so grateful for you guys so so grateful and as for you i'm very proud of how you've handled being diagnosed at a later time in your life with diabetes. I'm so proud because you didn't let it define you, you, you kind of embraced it and made it empower you, Mm -hmm. which was awesome to know. Um, To work for children to to donate money to help find cures for juvenile diabetes, even the work you've done when you were up here in Boston at the hospitals with kids with diabetes, how you encourage them. And also like, not lectured, but counsel them on, it doesn't define you. It's, you know, it's something that you have and you just go with it, do what you want and learn how to manage Everything. Not everybody's the same. Everybody has to manage their life different. So diabetes doesn't make it any different,
5: you mm-hmm. know. So yeah.
6: you should take care of yourself. So I'm very proud of you for all that work that you're done here in Massachusetts, as well as what you're you're doing there in Georgia. I'm yeah, very proud of you.
5: Thank you very much. So, like going back to managing four kids. You know, back when I was younger, I didn't really realize like how crazy and stressful cause it, it was for you until I realized like me having two kids and granted, like that's like half of what you had to deal with. And like, how did, how did you manage like stressful situations or, you know, pretty much like handling four kids all at once and like some one of us disappears and you're like, okay, where's the other one? You know, how, how, how did you do all that?
6: I have to honestly say, you guys. Um, when it came to Dad and I, I was kind of like the bad cop, I guess. <laughs> 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 he was the good cop. <laughs> yep. So it's
3: like
6: it was great because you stand by my side. If if I don't see you by my side, the consequences are grim. <laughs> 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 you guys have left my side. <laughs> You know, and, uh, but you always fun. you figure we have this huge, huge yard here in Massachusetts and you guys, you were like adventure kids. You would be outside early in the morning, sometimes asking to have lunch outside and you wouldn't come in till dinner and, um, you know, and, and we were involved in things which was great too. And everybody participated in each other's, uh, you know, activities and stuff like that, which was great. Mm -hmm. And you, and I have to say you guys encouraged each other tremendously. And, uh, I, I had the pleasure of sitting back and watching, especially you mentoring, you know, like your sister for lacrosse and, um, I'll have a funny story is how you mentored her. You made, you toughened her up for the lacrosse team, but I remember taking her to the, so uh, uh, the doctor went out to speak to another doctor because he thought I was abusing your sister. (laughs) So I said, I said, no, that, that'd be her brother. (laughs) He's tough on her when it came to lacrosse, which, Couple of years later, she ends up on the men's lacrosse team.
5: Yep, For D three school. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
6: And um, she was their starter as a freshman, and she was their powerhouse player. It was amazing. She was the only girl on an all you know, men's team. Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean. You guys always, always, even when the chips were down you were always there encouraging each other, which was kind of nice. So it kind of made parenting easy until you guys got in trouble, you know? Yeah. And then I had a bad cop and, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, I I, I,
6: I, 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 you well know.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always remember if you said no, I would always go to dad and he would say like something else. And like, finally he realized he's like, he was catching on. He's like, wait a second. Did you talk to your mom first? And we're like,
4: yeah,
5: no, 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 no. So yeah, that's, um you know that's and we finally realized it's not gonna work so i guess no is means no so
6: <laughs> it's like yeah he resorted to what your mother say
5: yeah exactly that's that's what i'm that's what i'm at the, that's i'm at that point now too as well um so i i know you've sacrificed a lot like raising nah. us kids yeah you did i, I think you did nah no nah. i
6: enjoyed what i did i yeah. enjoyed you know that was, I wanted 10 kids. And, you know, but unfortunately, I could only have four. But remember, we had foster kids here, too. Yep. Which you guys, again, mentoring all four of you, uh, when we took in four foster children from the same family, we took in four children. How you guys embraced them and made them like siblings, and they were with us for two years.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
6: that their, their lives got back together again yeah. and uh, and that was great and so but when so i had eight kids at the same time and that's when i said thank you god for only four <laughs> <laughs> because i you knew better than me
5: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. And and also yeah. i do i do remember like especially when i was at boot camp and like you know it was kind of over and, you know, we'd have you'd have, you know, people in my flight that didn't have their parents there. And so, you know, I would, you know, you would make sure like I would tell them, like, hey, these these kids don't have like their parents with them. So you would tap their shoulder to kind of let them know, like, hey, come with us. And, you know, I I do remember when, you know, you had a, like we had like four other guys with us and we were eating Subway and you paid for everything for lunch. Yeah. So, and yes. you were, yeah, I know. I always remembered like you being super generous to anybody that was like lending a hand, you know, and I, I, I think it's kind of rubbed off on of me a little bit because sometimes I'm too generous that I should be. So, but yeah, um,
3: that's a, that's
6: a inherited fault. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, but like where, where did that, that all come from?
6: Uh, well I well, uh, st- we had somebody doing re- building a retaining wall here uh, is an example. And I would always give this guy breakfast and at lunch, sometimes he'd be here for dinner and I'd invite him in for dinner. And my some of my siblings would, would say, why are you doing that? You're paying him to do a wall. But I, I relate a story that my father, if anybody came into his restaurant, and they said, you know, can you, can you give me something? I really don't have a lot of money. He would sit them down and give them a hot meal and never charge them or say you owe me or anything like that. And, and it, cause he ran a hotel bar and restaurant. And even if someone couldn't pay for a room and it was cold and snowy, wet, whatever, he'd say, okay, just come on. you settle yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, he was very, he was like that. And my mom was like that too. She was very giving woman, very giving. And uh, I guess it just rubbed off because even my father said, there's always someone worse off than you. You know, sometimes putting out a hand can lift them up. So you should try doing that in your life because it becomes rewarding after a while. And And So now this fellow that we fed and, you know, we made him welcome. He said, uh, I did some landscaping for you and gardening when you weren't here. And it was absolutely stunning. And he didn't charge me for it. He says, I just did this because you're so good to me. And, you know, and see, it comes back, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't expect it. But it was so nice that he did that. You know, so occasionally we invite him back and say, come sit on the porch, have pizza with us. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hang out, hang out with the grandkids.
6: There you go. And yes, and all the grandkids knew him. The boys knew him and he put them to work and they carried these stones with him to put on the wall and, and stuff. And uh, so they all knew him. The same thing when we had that people were working on the house. The same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And when we have delivery from now, it's like everything Amazon and these guys come and they deliver and I go, would you like some water or Gatorades or anything? They go, yeah, yeah. Do you have any? I, go, yeah. so <laughs> I give it to them, you know, yep. so and now some of even the post the postman know us and um, it's, it's just nice because now we're friends, you know, it's friendly, a friendly world and in our little environment here, as opposed to what's going on out there now.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, kind of going off like off of that. So I know you've had, you know, you've lost a lot of a little bit of weight, you know, here and there. And so, and like, and I commend you for, you know, losing all the weight, especially with having four kids. I mean, it could, it could have been hard because like everyone's so some kids are picky with eating, you know? And so, seeing you going from you know where you were in the beginning to you know losing a lot of weight was you know very inspiring for me and like i was you know i was really happy that you were you know because you always complained about like you know losing like you know having all this weight on you and then losing all the weight you know just seeing you a lot happier which was like you know pretty cool to see and so what was your experience what was your experience going from you know where you were to you know losing all that weight
6: well type two diabetes. One, I didn't want to have to go on any kind of medication, which they were going to put me on. And I said, give me, give me a month or two and I'll be back. And so when I went back to the doctor, I no longer, you know, my AC one was five or something like that. So anyway, um, but doing the weight loss made me realize how much it is important that I do this and that I do strengthening and stuff because your dad having Parkinson's and dementia, it's, I have to be on my game, Yep. you know, and Mm -hmm. we want to stay here. We want to enjoy our home, especially dad, you know, it's like he put a lot of effort into this house and he, you know, for as long as we could stay. And so that that would, beside the type two diabetes being the motivator, you know, that to get healthy and then losing like the 130 pounds, it was like, oh, I'm better off this way for me, but also for dad, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I can do more for him and he yeah. eats better too. So. Very cool. You know, yeah. So now he thinks, you know, it's like, wow, now I got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's still me. <laughs> yeah.
5: So um I have I have two last questions. Um one of them is, what is your definition of a mom?
6: What is my definition of a mom? unconditional love, very unconditional love, and tough love, which, you know, it's a hard thing to do. Because some people if if the child is hurting, sometimes parents will t- do whatever they want. to, So that they think the kid will be happy, as we all know, because we went through this. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's tough love. It's like, no, this is the way it is. And you got to be able to do that. And you know, and it's the hardest thing for a parent to do. But you know, it's something that has to be. Um, so it's love, unconditional love, and tough love. That's, that's what it is. You know, okay. yeah, just being then you end up being extremely proud like I am and Mm -hmm. dad of all of you, how successful you guys are, you know, Mm -hmm. how, you know, what a a good life, wholesome life you guys have. It's great.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last question. So what would you tell a new mom what to expect with their whole journey through motherhood?
6: Um, All I could say is love, love that child, unconditional love, you know, just what I told you before, it's sometimes it's tough love and stuff like that. Every child is different. No kids a textbook example, Mm -hmm. as we all know, it's, it's, everybody has their own issues and it's like, you help, you help just help that child deal with who they are. doesn't matter what other people think it's who do you want to be you know who are you you know and this and that you let that kid be who they are and support it you know that's Mm -hmm. that's all they you know because as we know four kids four different personalities what's good for one isn't necessarily good for the other yep so you know you deal with however many children you have they're individuals in that family, as well as a, a family. There were also individuals with their own needs and expectations and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's about it. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, well, mom, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time and talking to me about, you know, a mother the, our mother's day special. So, and I, you know, I'm truly grateful to have you as a mom, you know, I love you very oh, much. Thanks. I love you know,
6: it. And where's my type one lifting shirt?
5: I'll, I'll get it. So <laughs> I've got you a bunch. So. And, you know, I, I I think, you know, there's a lot of traits in me that have come from you. And, and I mean, obviously my good looks from dad. So for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's I've learned a lot just from like watching you. And I truly appreciate everything you've done for. Me and the other three other of my sisters. And, you know, thank you very much for, you know, being my mom.
6: Oh, thank you. I had no choice. <laughs> thank <They>, you. <know. laughs> All right. But, you know, <laughs> I'm very proud of you, Tommy. I'm really proud of you. You're, and your family. What a beautiful family. And it just shows with you, you and Sarah. I mean, the kids are absolutely. Oh. Uh, Just adorable. I missed them terribly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, good job. Good parenting. You could tell by how wonderful your children are. Thanks, Mom. Proud of you. Proud of you. Appreciate it. Okay.
0: Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much to all of our moms. That's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we put out new content. We'll see you next time on The Rig Report.